Welcome to the National Community Church Podcast. We're thrilled to be able to share this weekend message with you from Pastor Joel Schmidgall, our executive pastor at NCC. If you'd like to subscribe, find us on iTunes or go to theaterchurch.com. This is a weekend that we honor those who have sacrificed their lives for our country. And aren't you grateful? I am so grateful to those who have come before us. And so we're going to do it right now. We're going to take a moment right now of just prayerful remembrance. Amen. Well, during this series, we're not just speaking truth. We're not just sharing proverbial wisdom. But our series is called Straight from the Heart. And so we're talking about the convictions that God has put that have so gripped our hearts that are right here, right now words that need to be shared. Those, those prayers that continue to echo within us. And those, those things, those themes that are recurring within our journals. And so if you were to look at my journal right now, you would see different battles that I'm praying over. So you'd see things like this. You'd see... Uh, prayers for somebody fighting for their mentee who is making wrong decisions. You'd see prayers over a young person frustrated that they didn't get that internship. Prayers over someone dealing with anger because of a previous relationship. Prayers over somebody fighting for the life of their child. Uh, many somebody's letting go of or wrestling with the covenant of marriage. Somebody fighting for employment, somebody dealing with disappointment because they're in their 50s and they don't want to be single. Each one of these are unique situations, but you start to see a pattern over time and and, in certain seasons of prayer. And the pattern in this season for me right now is battle. I'm battling for prayer in my own family. My mom, well, we recently found out that my mom, uh, Pastor Rob's mom, Uh, Our mom has cancer, and so uh, she went in and had surgery, and the surgery went great, and that was was fantastic, and then we found out that it had spread to her lymph nodes, and so we continue, and then the treatment options get deeper and deeper, right, And, and without getting into it, we're battling in prayer for my mom. I love my mom. I love that woman. She's my hero. We're battling in prayer for her. And so when I'm battling for you and I'm battling and praying over these corporate items and praying personally, I wonder when all that stuff comes together, I wonder if the Lord has something to say today. Can I get an affirmation? So as I pray over these things and I'm praying over these needs and these battles and these trials and, and I'm praying for what people are asking for. So I'm praying, God, heal or God, pull that person out of, or put that person into. And these are, but as they keep piling up, the trials keep getting higher and higher, you start to have a different level of insight. And so I started to have a thought that maybe the Lord has a deeper discernment or a, a deeper, deeper dimension to prayer. And so instead of just always praying about what people want, I started to pray more for what's best for that person. So not just praying for healing or taking out of or putting into, but began to pray for God's illumination in the heart and in the mind, in the midst of 
Begin to pray for God's revelation. Begin to pray for revelation in the sight and in the, in the ears. And begin to pray for new perspective. And pray that in the middle of the hardship that maybe God would, would allow gifts to rise up out of that hardship. But the Lord gives us unique insight as we dive into and embrace and pray over these different things. And so I started to pray with a different level of discernment and direction and depth and dimension. And as all this stuff is working and stirring up within me, and God is putting these thoughts in my, and reorienting my mind and, and reorienting my heart. And here's where straight from the heart is for me. Here's what comes out of my heart today to you. It's this. Embrace the battle. Embrace your battle. James chapter 1, verse 2, it says this. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters. Whenever you face trials of many kinds, can we just start with the absurdity of this statement? <laughs> right? Is this just like an overly optimistic parental moment where the parent comes to their kids and now if you just keep doing the chore enough times, you're going to start to like it, right? And the kid's like, what are, you, what are you even talking about, mom? That makes no sense. That will not happen. And, and here's James, and he says, now listen, consider it joy when you experience trials of many kinds. What are you, J James, what are you even talking about? That makes zero sense to me. Who among us today, who takes these words, pure joy, and chases them down and follows them with trials of many kinds? Let's just try this out. Let's take a quiz. I'm going to give you a quiz right now, and the question is simple. What is pure joy? I'm going to give you four options, all right? Option A, Lou Malnati's Chicago-style pizza. Come on, where's my people here today? Where, are, where is my witness? Okay, it's a with church dismissed, right? Let's go get it. Come on, where's my plane? Okay, option B, going to a Cubs game. Now, obviously, these are geared towards my joys, right? Okay. So going to a Cubs playoff game at Wrigley, baby. Okay. Option C, a roller coaster. I'm not sure why I chose this. This is just a funny picture, so I threw it in there. Option D, you know what that is? That's a DC parking ticket right there. It's <laughs> a person balled up in the back. I can see on the ground right now. We all, it elicits the same response in all of us, right? Nobody's choosing option D. And if you are, you are a sick, sick person. <laughs> you are not that sick, I know. Now, what's sick is that pizza. Can we throw that, that yeah. let's throw the pizza back up there and get the joy back in the room today, right? Okay, now we're talking. Yeah. This is my happy place right here. It makes me worship God automatically. Come on, can I get a joy sound from somebody? Woo! Woo! I just want to lay my head down like it's a pillow. I want to go to sleep on that pizza. It is so... What if we just use that for a worship background instead of the lyrics, right? Amen. We would elicit... I mean, we get some gospel praise yeah. going. Yeah. All right. Am I, am I, I'm completely derailed. All right. So the point is this. What's the point? What was I talking about? The point is this. This is a crazy statement. This is an absurd statement that we see James make. It's a peculiar 
statement. If we face any trial, our number one goal is to get out of that trial as quick as possible, is it not? We want to take jury duty, for instance. You get jury duty and, and tell me this. Come on, I know you relate with me right here. You get that. And how much time do you spend thinking of an excuse? How much creativity do you spend thinking of an excuse? That trial room is the most creative room on the planet. I'm telling you, judge. Oh, judge. Okay, judge. My knee. Oh, it's, my, it's an old war injury. You don't even, you're 20 years old. I'm telling you, judge. Or judge, my bladder is so weak. I'm telling you. Or judge, my dog, he's sick, right? How's he sick? He's got a cough. Could be the croup, though. I don't know. I mean, you know, I mean, we will come up with any level of creativity to get out of jury, dude. I mean, we have hidden our family secrets, our dirt for 20 years, but if that will get us out, you will sell out your cousin, your brother, your dad, your anything to get out of what? Trial. To get out of, we will do anything to get out of trial. Think about this for just a second. When you go through trial in life, what do you pray? You don't pray, keep me here. You don't pray, keep me right here, God. This pain, this hits the spot. Woof. Right? We don't pray that. We don't pray, thank God for my overbearing boss. We do not pray these things. We don't pray. We don't pray, please, God, please don't help me just so that I can build my character. We don't pray that, do we? No, we pray, get me out of here. Deliver me. Set me free. Help. God, save me. Those are the kinds of prayers that we pray. Deliver me from singleness. Deliver me from pain. Deliver me from that boss, from that person. Deliver me from hardship, from difficulty, from cancer. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters. Whenever you face trials of many kinds because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance, let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to you. Our first reaction is to seek God for deliverance. But what James says is that out of trial, he says out of difficulty, out of pain, out of trial comes a complete work of God in you. Out of trial comes a perfecting. Perfecting doesn't come from the immediate deliverance. It only comes through perseverance. I knew I wouldn't get many amens right there, but I got zero right there. Come on, out of trust, a perfecting work doesn't come from immediate deliverance. It comes only from perseverance. Perseverance only develops when things aren't going right and they continue not to go right. Can I get an amen? amen? And they continue to not go. Can we put the pizza back up on the screen maybe? I don't know. That'll be our prompt for amen today. And they continue to not go right. 
pizza, and they continue to not go right, and they continue to get worse and worse until perseverance starts coming out of us, and when perseverance shows up, then it starts to develop a completing work. Come on, get, a, get, a, get some pizza today. Okay, and then it continues to develop this perfecting work, which develops wisdom in us, and there's a reason the old guy at the end of the table always spews out wisdom. And it's not because he got some early deliverance from his problems, but because he has gone through some stuff. Come on, can I get some pizza in the house? He has gone through some pain. He has gone through some trial. He has gone through and learned to persevere in spite of. And God builds this beautiful work in him, in her and we learn from that. That's called wisdom, but it only comes through this process. We want the perfecting work, just not the path to attain it. But diamonds don't grow sitting on the beach soaking in the sun. Diamonds grow deep down in the dirty mine shafts where the pressure begins to build until it squeezes out the beauty that, was, that God put within it. And we, we are squeezed to the point that beauty, it's the thing that we avoid most that is the exact thing that brings out God's beauty in us. Wow, Perseverance. It's this strong word. It's used 13 times in the New Testament. It's just the word hypomone. It's the idea of energetic resistance, steadfastness under pressure, and it's endurance in the face of trials. My mom in the midst of her battle with cancer talked to her a couple days ago, and she encouraged me so strong in this word right here. Here's what she said. She said, years ago, God gave me a word picture. You know how when you're, when you're hit, you instinctively put up your hands. You even turn away or turn back or run to protect yourself because it hurts. And yet the word says, count it as joy. So I decided if there's pain, I'm going to look right at that pain, and I'm going to face it. I'm going to look right at that pain and face it. And I'm going to look at God and say, yes, what are you going to accomplish in this, God? Just because we have the trial doesn't mean he'll accomplish the purpose. We grit our teeth and we tighten our fist and say, I'll stay through this battle. But we're not allowing the work of the Spirit to develop us. We have to struggle and work through it and press through. Persevere doesn't mean to lay down. You're not surrendering. You fight back. As we seek him through the word, he brings new understanding. We have to embrace it. Do you know that the promised land wasn't just given? The people of God had to work and walk and go get it. And, and finally they cross the Jordan River, right? And they're on the other side and Joshua stands up. And he begins to call out the people's names. And he calls out the tribes. And then he calls out their lands. And it doesn't end right there, right? Is it all good? No. Then what happens is they've got to go into battle to get their promise. We want the promise without the pain. We want the testimony without the test. We want the biscuit without the batter. We want the intimacy without the transparency. We want the end without going through the process to get it. You know, the spring, it's a whole lot sweeter after you've gone through the winter, isn't it? It's good. 
we've got to go through a process. And here the Lord is working this process in each of us and giving us an opportunity. Earlier I shared how the Lord has been speaking this this idea of battling me, not just over me, but speaking it over, praying it over National Community Church. What's that mean? I'm praying it over you, over individuals. And so as the Lord is stirring, I've, I've, here's six convictions I want to give you today, six ideas, and I hope that maybe one or two of them are an encouragement to you today. So if you've got some notes, a pen, you can jot these down. I'm going to go quick. Number one. The times we feel the least efficient are often the times we become most effective. I'm broken right now, you say. Well, who does God use? He uses broken vessels. You're exactly the person he desires to use. When you give God your weakness, what does he do? He gives you his strength. Ravi Zecharias wrote a book called, Has Christianity Failed You? And in it, he asks, what is the hardest moment that Jesus had in his time on earth? And what do you think? It's, it's the cross, right? But not just the cross, but when on the cross. It's when he, he cries out and he says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So when Jesus felt furthest from God, whew, do you know where I'm going with this? Where's my pizza? When Jesus felt furthest from God, he was closest to the, per, to the purpose that God had designed him on this earth for, bringing heaven to earth, bringing fallen man to Father. When he felt furthest and most useless, that's exactly when he was at the center. And so you're here today and you feel like, man, I'm alone. I'm so far, or I'm isolated, or I can never be, or this can't be right now in a place that I can be using. God says, no, listen, this is crazy. But you are in a place where you can be most used by the Spirit of God. Number two, what you put in will come out. Jesus combated every temptation early in ministry with three words. It is written. He spoke the word, he spoke the scriptures into his trials and temptations. It's a powerful thing that God gives us, the scriptures, to be used in our trials. The scripture says in Psalm 119, verse 11, the psalmist says, Thy word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Number three, prayer connects you to, the, to God's heart, but it also connects God's heart to your situation. Abraham Heschel he said, the purpose of speech is to inform. The purpose of prayer is to partake. Prayer is not a sermon delivered to God. It's not how eloquent we say something or, or how perfect we put together. If we explain it right to God, no, it's ultimately, it's building relationship with God. In a few minutes, we're going to take communion together. We're going to go to the Lord's table. And the Lord's table, it's, it's not this idea of tradition it's not just a, an incantation, if you will. No, ultimately, it's fellowship with the Spirit. There's a reason that it's called communion because we commune with the Father. Wasn't that such a beautiful moment on the video where the lieutenant, where Lieutenant Jim, where he said, he said, I thought I was done. I was going to meet my maker and the airplane's coming in and the machine gun's over my head and I thought I was going to leave to leave my, and, and then I got this peace. How could he know that peace in that moment, in that instance? Because he knew fellowship with the Father. Yeah. 
He had communion with his Father God. Number four, the battle might not be for you. Sometimes we're hit with the reality that our battle is actually for the person that's coming behind us. And this is not information for the weak. Because the weak gets up and runs or moves aside or lets the battle go beyond them. But there are some mamas in the house today and you are fighting a battle and you are losing that battle. But guess what? As you're losing that battle, there's this little one who's going to come behind you and they are going to fully benefit from the battle that you are fighting. That's the whole idea of this weekend, Memorial Day. It's about millions of soldiers who laid down their life, who fought a battle and died for somebody else to receive. And so you say, you know what? Okay, that that soldier lost the battle because they lost their life. It all depends on what you think success is. Success to them was not their life. Success to them, it's the life that you are living right now. How do, we view, how do we see that? So maybe we need to take a step back today. What's your battle? Take, a, take an overview of your battle. Take a step. Zoom out for a second from your battle. Do you need to redefine today what success looks like in your battle? Maybe it's God looking at your situation and what you are fighting in your trial and saying, come on, there is purpose for that one that is coming right behind you. If you're succeeding today, if you are succeeding without suffering, someone else did. If you are suffering without succeeding, someone else will. Number five, your battle is your gift. When Micah and Sarah Murphy were engaged, they they joined one of NCC's groups where we were talking about fostering. And they decided, we're going to do this. They didn't realize how quick it would actually go for them. And so not long after that, child was born in the hospital and came straight to them. And they began fostering a child, a beautiful little girl named Bailey, and just a beautiful little blessing. And, uh, and so they fostered for weeks and then months and years, and, and they stepped into the adoption, to the adoption process. And, but it was hard, because here's what happened. They got all in that time, they got married, they got pregnant, they had a child, they got pregnant, they had another child, and just time was going by and they couldn't get through to the adoption. And so it was this long, arduous, hard, tear-filled process that they went through. And so we sat down two days ago. They walk in, they sit down, and 10 seconds into our conversation, they said something that just stopped me in my tracks. I couldn't believe it because of what I knew about their process. And they said this, they said, in retrospect, We're glad at how difficult it was. What are you talking about? Pure joy in trials of many kinds. If it would have been easy, we wouldn't have received what we have received. I'm so much stronger. I'm more of a developed person. It's like going on a hard workout and you didn't ever realize you had those muscles. Sarah said, I felt like I was falling apart. I can't make it. I was losing it. She was less than a year old, had been, in, had been with us since the hospital, and was about to go live in the shelter. And I came to a breaking point. I'm either going to lose it, or I have to get resilience and learn strength that I never knew. 
The more we sought God, the more peace we got. As Pastor Mark said, it's not that God doesn't give you more than you can handle, but He doesn't give you more than He can handle. Today, we are dedicating little Bailey to the Lord at NCC. On Tuesday, we go to the courthouse on Indiana Avenue, and we take not just a family, but a whole great big family and friends for the adoption of Bailey to Sarah and Micah. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that amazing? Ah, I'm just so excited. I'm just praising God for what he has done. It's amazing that God can bring purpose out of pain. He can bring purpose out of your pain. He can do that. He can bring purpose out of your pain. You're in pain today. He can bring purpose out of your pain. He can do that. At all our locations, I want to ask our worship teams to go ahead and come. And you can actually come up and begin playing and and we're going to prepare for communion and worship. And we've had some challenging moments in our family. But every one of those moments has grown us closer together as a family. Not just because that happens, but because we're, we look to the Lord and we, we, we wrestle with each other and for each other. And that's what happens. And so whether it's a dad passing away suddenly from or whether it's a, a brother almost dying, or whether it's a, a niece in the NICU, or whether it's a brother with open heart surgery, or whether it's a mom with cancer, or whether it's so many things that have gone on in the past, or whether it's things that are going on right now. Every single trial, every single battle is a new cinch in the beltness of loyalty and love that we have towards one another, tightening the grip of that on one another. And it's not that each one of those things, is, it's not that they're not hard. It's not that they're not undesirable. But uh, C.S. Lewis coined a phrase that I found true. He says, God's joy is retroactive. It reaches back into the pain and into the sorrow of yesterday. And it sweetens those things. So that the memory of those things now is a memory of the working of God in your heart. It's why we sing about the cross. It's why we're about to sing about the wonderful cross. Is it because the cross was such a beautiful thing and simple? No, it was a horrible thing. The cross was a torturous symbol of execution. It was a terrible thing, but we sing about it as such a beautiful thing. Why? Because God took such a terrible thing and he used it to bring forgiveness to you and I, to bring life to you and I, to bring love to you, to bring hope and goodness into our lives. And so now what was a torturous symbol, a symbol of death and destruction and defeat, now is a symbol of profound joy. And we sing about a cross that God used to save you and I. Can I get some pizza in the house today? And now we can talk and we, we can recite the scripture, not just as theory for somebody else, but we can talk about it as something true in our own hearts, 
Romans 8.28, for all things, everything, for all things, God works together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purposes. Embrace the battle. I want to invite our ushers to come. At all our locations, we're going to begin to pass out communion. And as we do, you can take this and hold on to it, and we're just going to sing in a moment. Will you bow your heads, and we're going to get ready to sing. Just reflect for a moment on these questions, and then we'll sing together. What purpose does God desire to bring out of your pain? How can you embrace this season, embrace that person, embrace that hardship in a way that maybe God will develop you? Where are you seeking deliverance, but instead you need to develop perseverance? What battle have you been trying to win for yourself, but today you realize you need to fight it for somebody else? Let's worship him at the cross and let's receive his presence as we embrace our battle. Amen.